Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Uh, we are in the, the early part of a series we've decided to do on the 18 principles of accountability from the book of Nehemiah by special request of our friends down in the Orlando group. And uh, so far we've done um, the first two principles, and today we come to principle number three. Accountability means asking for help and stating your needs. And we continue with uh, each week you have been um, bringing us along in the story of Nehemiah and the king. Right. Well, so just to back up a little bit, uh, we know that uh, chapter one of the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah receives a visit from a delegation from Jerusalem that have come to tell him about the condition of the city of Jerusalem, which lies in ruins. Its gates have been destroyed by fire. We heard that Nehemiah, in response to that news, uh, sat down for days, in fact, even months, and uh, wept and cried over how sad that situation is. Uh, We learned, of course, that he decides to pray about it. He confesses the sins of the people of Israel, and then he also prays a prayer of repentance that, you know, if the people of Israel will agree to return home, that God will help restore them to that home. Then we got already to chapter 2, when King Artaxerxes uh, of Persia uh, notices that Nehemiah is sad and asks him what basically the sadness is about. He says he's not sick. This can only be sadness of heart. And uh, Nehemiah says to the king, why shouldn't I look so sad? You know, the city of my father's lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. So in a way, uh, he's taking a risk to talk to the most powerful man in the universe at the time about the fact that he's sad and I think also angry about the fact that uh, that situation has gone on for uh, basically 140 years at this point. So we always have to put in context the fact that this situation that Nehemiah is being called to do something about is a 140-year-old situation. So there are a lot of feelings about it. And, you know, principle one was that accountability begins with uh, brokenness and humility, confession, repentance, and uh, then it uh, also proceeds with the ability to talk honestly about your feelings. And now today, we're going to find out that when Nehemiah does get honest about what he's feeling about that situation, the king has a rather, I think, normal response that a lot of us are going to hear, and that is basically, what do you need? And that's, I think, where a lot of the men who come here, and certainly the women too, for that matter, uh, get into a lot of problems. Uh, they just don't have a lot of experience talking about their needs. Stating their needs and ex- right. actually coming right out and asking for something. That's right. A lot of us are, are raised in situations where, particularly I think sometimes those of us that are raised in Christians, Christian homes, needs are downplayed. Sometimes we are compared to others who have less than we do. As if we don't have the right to be asking. Right. Sometimes we can get called too needy. I think most of us are afraid of being labeled needy. We don't have a lot of modeling about this, about how to ask for help. I think basically this third principle is about the ability that all of us need to develop to ask for help when we need it. And that really applies to our community. That really 
uh, applies to our community. I remember one of the first times that I was focused on this. It was a number of years ago, and uh, there had been a situation where I had uh, been driving over to our youngest son's house, and uh, it was in the middle of winter, and I got out of my car, and there was a portion of the driveway that wasn't completely shoveled, and I slipped and fell, and when I fell, I hit my side on one of the rocks or boulders that was lining his driveway, and uh, as it turned out, I had cracked a rib, and, you know, cracked ribs are interesting. I mean, you can go to the ER, but they don't... There's really nothing they can do for it. There's nothing they can do. They, <laughs> it's, they, ribs are one of those, yeah. you know, you you have to gut it out That's and, right. and uh, survive the healing process. Yeah, they may wrap it up, or they... The, they'll tell you not to not to laugh or cough or sneeze, but there's not a lot they can do, so you just have to let it heal. Well, needless to say, you know it was uh, very painful, and one of the things I noticed uh, that was excruciatingly painful was that it uh, uh, was uh, was impossible to kind of bend over and uh, so forth. So the very next day, I had a uh, speech to give at a church on the north side of here, and I was able to get dressed, and I was able to slip into my shoes, but at that time, they were a pair of tie shoes, you know, that you had to tie, and I couldn't bend over to do that. So when I got to the church uh, that morning, so I walked in there with uh, both of my shoes untied, <laughs> and uh, I saw a man that was actually in one of our evening groups that happened to be a member of that church, and um, I obviously knew who he was, and he was standing there in the lobby. So before I got too far, I just went up to him, and uh, I remember thinking how humbling an experience that was, but I asked him if he would, in fact, tie my shoes. <laughs> you know, it was no problem. I mean, he, he instantly, you know, knelt down and uh, tied uh, my shoes. I I remember thinking this is a little bit like a more modern form of foot washing. <laughs> <laughs> it is because there's there's something excruciatingly humble about it, yeah. and and it seems to be the simplest and most uh, mundane process that we go through on a daily basis, getting ourselves dressed. Well, that yeah, that's true, and you know, dealing with chronic pain sometimes, and you know, that's another thing, and you know, that I've noticed in the journey this year that I've been on. Um, there's certain things that I you know, can't do because of these ongoing health issues. And, you know, there are times when I've had to ask for help. Like there, in this case, you know, this past year, there have been a couple of speaking situations that because I was involved with uh, chemotherapy and so forth, you know, I just couldn't honor those speaking requests. So I do remember having to make a call to our colleague here, Dr. Greg Miller, who leads our men's workshops. And I was able to state a need to him that I needed to cancel this speech or uh, I needed to suggest to the host that maybe he could uh, go in, in my place. And so, you know, I was stating a need to him that I need him to do a speech for me. As a matter of fact, this coming uh, weekend, or not this weekend, but the not weekend. Not this weekend, but the next. He'll the, be out in Tacoma, Washington for us. Yeah, he'll be speaking at a church that I had originally accepted that invitation and just decided it was a bit too long of a trip and too much speaking. And so, you know, that's a part of it that you're you're kind of a, a accepting at some point your own limitations. And rather than try to power your way through that or come up with some other kind of excuses, you're you're basically just telling people, in this case Greg, 
that, you know, I need some help with this. And he was gracious and, you know, more than willing to, to help me out with it. And as, as a result, he is uh, going to be going out and doing that speech. Well, you and I, as our listeners know, because we have shared our personal journeys uh, this year with health uh, challenges that we had, mine being the left hip replacement. As you're talking here, I was thinking about uh, leading up to the surgery for myself. I found it close to impossible to put my socks on. Oh, I remember you talking oh, about that. Yeah. It was it was really a challenge because you just you couldn't bend over f- far enough, or I couldn't get the um, affected leg uh, to cross with my other one to get it close enough for me to pull on socks. So that is a very hopeless and helpless feeling right. uh, when you uh, when you can't do those kinds of things. Well, that's right, and and you know I've had similar experiences uh, this year with Debbie that. Uh, because of the back issues involved in this, I've not been able to lift a whole lot of things. And so part of it is getting past some level of masculine pride um, <laughs> that uh, I've had to ask Debbie for help with, you know, lifting things. And, you, you haven't made that comment to me today, but for our listeners, we had our first three inches of snow last right, night. Right. And uh, this particular variety of snow is the uh, saturated, wet, very heavy form of snow right. so uh because of your schedule today i stopped and picked you up at home this morning that's right uh and as i pulled up there was debbie shoveling your driveway shoveling the driveway <laughs> and i was right. i was i was going to make a joke to you about this yeah. if i hadn't so accurately understood you know what you've been going through with not lifting and not right. and being told by the physicians not to be lifting that's you right know? yeah but there was little Five foot three Debbie. Right. Five foot three Debbie. Yeah, that's right. Six year old, five foot three Debbie. And she is, uh, you know, quite a strong woman. She's a trooper. uh, What I'm saying, though, is that uh, in terms of principle three, uh, there's times when you're going to have to get past your pride and ask for what you and need. Ask for what you need. Yeah. 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 Well, let's take our break right okay. here, Mark, and then when we come back, we'll continue with this Nehemiah Principle Three. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Every now and then, when you feel like you are on your own, sing this song and remember you are never all alone. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. Uh, 
It was interesting because I so often uh, times forget to uh, take a poll of the Tuesday evening group, which is the evening right before we record our show for a trigger of the week. But they have become used to the fact that uh, I occasionally do. And then they notice, of course, when they're listening to the podcast that maybe their trigger of the week made it on the on the air. And so last night, before we proceeded with any of the issues that some of them had, uh, they said, aren't you going to ask me about the trigger of the week? So um, I did. And <laughs> one of them came up with one that I thought was really kind of interesting. And it has to do with uh, modern slang, I guess, or modern colloquial expressions. And uh, it also uh, has to do with hiding and lying in a way. The trigger of the week is the phrase to watch Netflix and hang out. He said sometimes the teenagers or the young adults are texting or are sending emails to each other. This coming Friday night, can we watch Netflix and hang out? And, uh, you know, and to, that's code. That's code uh, to get past your parents or any other people, for that matter, that the word hang out means to have sex, evidently. Now, if I, you know, I as a parent heard that, I would say, okay, that's fun. You know, you're going to be on a date, you're going to watch a movie, and uh, you're going to hang out. You're going to. Mm-hmm. Pop popcorn, pop popcorn, <laughs> sit on the couch and maybe make out or something. But uh, if everything goes well, if everything goes well back in our day. But uh, no, it, it has far wider reaching implications today. And uh, he was saying, this guy was saying that for him, part of the trigger of the week was recognizing how old he was and how much sex uh, the younger generation seems to be having. And this was just yet another indication of the fact that. Young people seem to be, you know, rather rampantly um, engaged in uh, just casual sexual activity. It's, you know, we do now know some of the older expressions like friends with benefits and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But this is, I guess, one of the newer ones. What was interesting about it is that in the group last night, we have some older men and some younger men. The younger men instantly knew what he was talking about. Uh, The older men had absolutely no idea. And I think this is part of the clue. But... But again, the trigger of the week is you know, these colloquial expressions, but also becoming aware of how much sexual activity on a casual, random basis is just going on out there. I think it triggers a lot of us into feeling left out or you know, just our anger about the moral decline of our culture. Yeah, it is frightening and it's very alarming. And once again, you have reminded me how old I am. Because I, I was totally unaware of, yeah. uh, of that phrase. Yeah, well, I was too. I don't. Uh, you know, our listeners that follow our ministry know that we do occasionally do some tweets and things like that. But, you know, we're certainly uh, not at the level that uh, our president-elect is, you know, with uh, the frequency of that. Right. So uh, anyway. Okay. Trigger of the week for now. And, you know, we could easily remind our listeners that in the past, we've also talked about the fact that sometimes the holidays and we're coming up to Thanksgiving can be a trigger just in terms of, you know, getting with your family and getting into you know, old family dysfunctions and stuff like that. So my um, my recommendation to everybody who's listening, at least uh, uh, listening to this currently, is that as you go into the holidays, you take good care of yourself. That's a that's great advice. And uh, <clears throat> as you said, this is the day before Thanksgiving. So although we have people listen to the podcast out of order and uh, right. at a variety of times, uh, that's great advice as we enter the entire holiday season. Right. Well, you know, back to our principle three, which is about the statement of needs, I think we've uh, kind of established um, the fact that in order to be able to state a need, you have to practice doing so because 
a lot of us were raised without a lot of modeling about that or a lot of encouragement to do it. Sometimes we're raised with some shame or criticism if we're too needy and so forth. One of the things that I was just talking about, too, is that there are times when you need to get past your own pride about your masculinity or your abilities or your talents or your intelligence. It's like back in the classroom, you know, the teachers would always say there is never a question too dumb. And yet most of us were afraid to ask it because we thought we'd be judged. We had a need at that point for more information, but we were afraid that we'd be judged for the fact that we didn't uh, uh, understand it in the first place. One of the stories that I've always told uh, actually does go back to the Tuesday night group. Um, One of our guys in the group, you know, finally got this principle, I think. Because, you know, normally the guys would come in and they would say things like, uh, I need you to pray for me or I need you to call me, you know, stuff like that, which are, you know, uh, normal needs and, you know, those are good needs. But, you know, they're rather large. Uh, At least if you're going to ask for somebody to pray for you, tell them specifically what you'd like prayer for. You know, I think think a lot of the times we just kind of throw that one out there and kind of leave it up to the person, the other person to say some kind of a general prayer. But if we, on the other hand, say, I need you to specifically pray like today for Debbie and I are making a a drive down to our daughter's family, and uh, we might need prayer for a safe trip. Safe travel on your way down to Iowa, right? right. That would be a specific uh, need. I've already had that covered, by the way. Oh, you do? Okay, good. All right. Well, that's good to know. (laughs) Yeah, get into the car with confidence, knowing that you've already been pre-prayed for. Okay, well, that's nice to know. So uh, (laughs) I assume it will go well. Uh, And I do have some anxieties about traveling in the uh, wintertime when we had our first uh, uh, measurable snowfall last night. But uh, this guy in group, uh, I can always tell when they're getting past general kind of need asking, and uh, really getting uh, specific and concrete. He came into group one night, and he said that uh, his wife had uh, presented him with one of her needs, which was interesting, that there was a mulberry tree, evidently, in their backyard, and uh, uh, the mulberry tree was dropping the mulberries. The kids, uh, he had three of them, were playing in the backyard. They were getting their clothes stained with mulberry juice, I guess, and uh, she was finding it impossible to get these stains out of their clothes. So she said uh, to him, I need you to uh, cut down that mulberry tree. And it was, I guess, a rather large tree. Now, the pride issue here was that this guy grew up, I don't know whether he grew up in the city or where, but he evidently uh, did not have a... He had no tree removal skills. No tree removal skills. In fact, I think at other times he talked about the fact that, you know, uh, his dad was not much of a role model when it came to you know, hammers and screwdrivers and, you know, any other kind of household stuff. Helping him develop his handyman skills. Yeah. By the way, it's amazing how many of the men have that issue, you know. Yeah. Uh, We had an unbelievable, because I encouraged one of our other current men in the Tuesday night group that he just had a totally absent father, and uh, I've been encouraging him when he has some house repair or something to uh, email his group, you know, to get advice on how to do these things. And Darned if he hasn't been doing it, you know, on a fairly regular basis. The, this week's topic was... Uh, this week's need. Was, uh, as we prepare for winter here in Minnesota, his windows needed to be reglazed. And uh, how do you reglaze a window? And uh, about seven or eight guys responded to him. Uh, you know, try this, try that, go to Home Depot, get this product, you know, get this tool, you know, to make sure it's angled this way and that way. I finally wrote him and I said, you know... I'm really appreciating this back-and-forth conversation. What you ought to just state a need is, would somebody actually come over to the house 
and uh, actually demonstrate this to me. And I said, or at the very least, uh, these days, what I do is, uh, if I don't know how to do something, I'll just Google uh, it or YouTube it. Or YouTube it. The, yeah, and there's almost a solution to any how-to right. uh, procedure on YouTube. Right. But uh, back to uh, the original story. So this guy uh, was faced with the prospect, having no uh, mechanical skills, uh, no no arborist skills for sure. And so he came in the group one night, and, and he said. Uh, because uh, we always have the men check in with their needs so that they can practice. He said, I have a, I have a pretty dramatic need this coming Saturday morning. I, uh, that's when I've decided I, I need to cut down this mulberry tree. And uh, I was wondering if uh, some of you would be willing to come over and help. Uh, he said, I'll buy donuts, I'll buy coffee, if some of you would be willing to come over and help me with that. Well, uh, I may be exaggerating this a little bit, but... Uh, uh, I know that the following week he checked in, and he said that uh, the following Saturday morning, eight guys showed up. I think he was maybe hoping for one or two, and uh, eight guys took it as an opportunity to go over and have coffee and donuts, and like uh, four or five of them had uh, chainsaws. <laughs> Saws. Yeah, and... Uh, Pickup trucks to haul away the wood. and Yeah, well, we discovered, uh, of course, that one of them was uh, actually a landscape designer, and uh, wow. and had a uh, one of those augers that uh, grinds up stumps, and uh, so they were not only able to uh, cut the tree down in short order. This guy that was a landscape guy, you know, he shimmied up there and started whacking away at the upper branches. And uh, but then when they got down to the stump, he ground that up. And what they were able to do, because you know, um, wood chips are very safe uh, for kids to play on. I this is my Cliff Clavin trivia mind, but. When I was on the school board uh, years ago back in Sioux City, Iowa, we did a study on uh, falling off a jungle gym, what is the safest surface, and the result was wood chips. Uh, Followed only by marshmallows. Or something yeah, something like that. But uh, So anyway, they, they created, in fact, kind of a pleasurable place for the, for the kids, kids to, to, play. to play. Now, what is interesting about that in terms of our field is that you know this need was not about... Uh, at this point, this guy's sexual addiction. I mean, he uh, was sober and has been sober. And, you know, whether he was struggling with any form of temptation or not, that was not his need on that night. His need was really to get some help and, and in some ways to kind of help make up for some of the deficiencies in modeling that he'd had growing up. Well, and, he was struggling with the anxiety of not knowing right. how to handle that problem. That's right. Or, you know, ne- never having held in his hand a... Uh, a chainsaw, yeah, and a power tool. A power tool, and of course, a lot of the men were talking about how powerful it feels to have some of these power tools in your hand. <laughs> adrenaline you know, surging adrenaline through every surge, vein. and addicts love that, and yeah. you know. But you know, I think the last thing to say about this is that when we state a need like this to our accountability group, it it helps us obviously because we're we're generally always going to find somebody who is in fact willing to help. And the other thing is, you know, we're giving another person the opportunity to help. We're giving a person the opportunity to serve. And uh, I think that's a great gift. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are really willing uh, to help and be useful and to serve if they had a more specific idea about how they could do that. And uh, so I think what I'm trying to say is when you state your needs to somebody else in your accountability group, both sides of that equation uh, wind up benefiting. There's a benefit on both sides. That's right. 
Wonderful point. Well, you have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name is Randy Everett, and I'm your co-host, and we thank you for joining us again this week on the Men of Valor program. We hope that today's message has been helpful and beneficial to you. We hope that as you uh, celebrate Thanksgiving with your family, you'll uh, find yourself being uh, comfortable with the fact of asking for help if that's uh, your current condition. And uh, as always, we hope that we can be thankful for all that we have. May this coming week and this coming holiday find you with counting and remembering the many blessings that you have, and we hope that you're filled with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.